Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The base for our message is the gospel lesson, the parable of the different soils and the seed that is scattered. Well, Sven Jr. brought home his report card, and it wasn't very good. There were a lot of ugly grades on it. And Sr. said, what's going on? What, what do you have to say about this? And Jr. replied, well, one thing's for sure, Dad. You know I wasn't cheating. You can always twist things, right? Uh, to be positive, to be negative, optimistic, pessimistic, encouraging or discouraging. Because we have a parable today, right? A parable about the Word of God. Does it encourage you about the proclamation of the Gospel? Or does it discourage you? Depends on how you kind of look at it. We're going to look at it and see that there's a way in which you look at this and it's rather discouraging. But then we're going to see that in the end, it's rather encouraging. Because when we come to the parable, Jesus tells us this parable about four types of soil, right? The seed is sprayed, and it falls along the, the road, it falls among the thorns, it falls among rocky soil, and it falls among good soil. And how many soils are successful? One. That, that means three out of the four fail. That's not a real good percentage. That's rather discouraging, isn't it? Three quarters of the time it doesn't work? That's rather scary. But Jesus, as he tells this parable, is really reminding us of the opposition that there is to the Word of God. The enemy that there is to the Word of God. That there really are three enemies to God and his Word and his proclamation. The first enemy is Satan. We see this when Jesus says, When anyone hears the Word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches it away, what has been sown in his heart. Here the seed doesn't even begin to grow. And if you think about it, isn't this Satan's goal? Satan's goal is to keep the word of God from being planted. He does everything to make sure that the word of God is not heard. He wants you to keep from hearing the word of God. In any way he does that, it's a success. And we can think about Satan using difficulties to do that, right? Sickness, illness, financial difficulty, family strife, things that get in the way of hearing the word of God. But I would put forward that Satan doesn't just use the bad things. He can use the good things in life. Because again, his challenge is to keep you from hearing the word of God. And how many times does success in our life turn us away from the word of God? You get a promotion, more work, more time, well, less time in the word. Promotion that might interfere with worshiping on Sunday. You're on a sports team that gets better and better and you improve and improve and there's more opportunity to play and do things and less opportunity to worship and study. There's lots of good things in life that, that come along that catch our eye and drive our attention away from Christ and his word. And when that happens, is not Satan successful? He's accomplished his task. Anything that keeps you from hearing the word of God is success in his eyes. But it's not only in keeping you from hearing the word of God, but keeping others from hearing the word of God and keeping others from hearing your message of the word of God. This is the other way that Satan attacks. He, he doesn't want you to share your faith. He doesn't want you to speak to your family and to your friends. He doesn't want you to share the love of God with others. And he uses all sorts of fear that time, right? Think about it. What is it that sometimes prevents us from sharing our faith with others? Sometimes we just miss the opportunity. We don't realize there's an opportunity that someone needs to hear the word of God and for us to share it. 
Sometimes we're afraid we're not going to say it right. I don't really know everything, so I'm not going to phrase it right or say it right, and I I don't want to mix it up. Sometimes we're afraid because, what if they ask a question I can't answer? What if I'm not able to, to, to share it the way that it's supposed to be? But any time we remain silent, has not Satan won? He succeeded. Because he's kept the word of God from being shared and proclaimed. Because Satan knows that it's the word that brings about faith. It's the word that strengthens faith. And if he can keep people from hearing that word of God, they're not going to be brought to faith. And if he can keep those who have already been brought to faith from hearing the word of God over and over again, he's going to be able to choke out that faith, to starve out that faith. Because how is your faith strengthened except when it's fed and nourished by the word of God? So the first enemy of the proclamation of the gospel is Satan doing absolutely everything that he can to keep the word of God from being spread and being shared. The second enemy is the world. Here Jesus says, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, and yet it has no root in himself, but endures for a while. But when tribulation and persecution arises on account of the word, he immediately falls away. We know this one, right? This is where the word appears. And when it first comes, we we see the excitement, the joy of the word of God, knowing Christ's love and the salvation that is there. And we get all excited about it. But we have to keep in mind, wherever the word is proclaimed, there's going to be pushback. The world's going to stand in opposition. The world is going to oppose it. And so while at first it is good... But as we begin to live out our life, as we try to do what is right, what is the world going to try to tell you to do? Go a different direction. You're going to see the conflict between what the Word is telling you to do and what family, what friends, and the world around you is telling you to do. And which direction do you choose? Which way do you go? Because not only does the world then kind of tell you what to do and what not to do, but the world also can be kind of cruel in its opposition. Persecution arises, mockery, ridicule for keeping the word of God. And it's easy to become discouraged, to turn away and just to follow the crowd, to do what the rest of the world does just to get along. And as we do that, then that word of God is choked out again. The opposition can become hostile and we can become discouraged and turn away. The third enemy that Jesus speaks about is the enemy that lies within. He says, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. Here we see the threat to our faith is within our own sinful nature. The the word grows in us and strengthens us, but there's something else going on. There are the cares of this world, the the things that we need to deal with on a daily basis. And our sinful nature has its own desires. God gives us a new nature to follow him, but that old nature still has those old desires that lead us away from God and his word. And that battle wages. And also we become worried. We have responsibilities. We have things that we have to do. We have bills that have to pay. We We have schedules that we have to keep. We have other things that we have to do. And the problem is those everyday things seem to take control because they're the ones that are most immediate. Those are the ones that that are right before us always that must be accomplished. And then we can always put the eternal things on the back burner. 
because those can wait. We get so focused on the here and now and what we need to do that we lose sight. We become so focused on our daily life, we forget about our eternal life, where it takes a back seat. And so it is rather discouraging to think three out of four fail. But Jesus didn't tell you this parable to be discouraged. He told you this parable to be encouraged. He knew the difficulty in proclamation of the gospel. He himself lived that out. He chose this parable because he knew that people would become, become to be discouraged. He chose this parable because he wanted us to be encouraged that God's word has power no matter what. Because keep in mind, we think of the fact that three out of the four soils failed, but in the parable, every time the word is planted, it begins to grow. It grows in the rocky soil. It grows among the weeds. It grows among the good soil. Whenever the word is planted, it grows. It is effective. And I think that's what we lose sight of. We underestimate the power of God's word and what it's able to do. And that as the promised in Isaiah, God's word always accomplishes its task. And that's what we keep in mind. We place our trust in the word. The word of God that has brought us to faith and shares its love with us. And we keep in mind those enemies to the word. Satan, the world, our sinful nature. Has not Christ conquered them? Has not Christ conquered Satan when he went to the cross and was buried but came back to life? Satan couldn't keep him in. He descended into hell and came out. There's nothing that could contain him. Satan was defeated. And our Lord didn't allow the opposition, persecution of the world to, to stop him from achieving his purposes. He was able to accomplish salvation through his death and resurrection. Nothing stopped him. He conquered the world. And in his death and resurrection, he has conquered your sinful nature. He's come to you and announced to you that you are forgiven. In the waters of baptism, he has made you clean. You are forgiven. And that word continues to have effect on you in your life. That's his promise. See, part of the key is remembering the promise at the end of the parable. Right? He says, He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, and another sixty, and another thirty. I don't think we, lose, we kind of lose sight about what, how spectacular this is. Because a farmer of that day would expect a sixfold yield, right? He'd plant one bushel to get six bushels back. So the idea of thirty, sixty, hundred, that's the yield of dreams, right? And that's Jesus' point, that the Word of God does more, far more than any of us truly understand or imagine. We underestimate its power. We don't have to worry about phrasing the Word of God just right, of having all the answers. The Word of God is effective. We're just called to share it. We're just called to hear it. And we will know that it will do its work. If there's a friend who needs to hear the word of God, we don't have to worry about how we're going to say it. We just share the love of Christ with them. The Holy Spirit's going to do the work. When we get discouraged, when we get impatient with ourselves or with others, we, we turn to the word of God and know that we are forgiven. When we're struggling with, with our own guilt or our own shame, we turn to the word of God and know that we are forgiven. The word of God is effective and always effective. We can turn to it in all times and we know that it's effective because the Holy Spirit is behind it the word of God isn't just information the word isn't just 
letters on a page or something that we hear. The Holy Spirit is at work in the Word, giving faith, strengthening faith, giving love, bringing peace, bringing all the things that we so desperately need to deal with this life. And we're just called to be faithful with it. Faithful in our hearing, in our reading, faithful in our sharing, and know that it will happen. There's one more point that I want to address as I close, is that the farmer who sows the seed does it not like today, right? From my understanding about farmers, you don't want to waste any seed. So you make sure you get it planted every spot where it's going to be effective. This is scattering the seed. I mean, they dig a furrow, but they still scatter it. There's intention, but some of it's going to fall on the rocky soil. Some of it's going to fall along the road. But what's most important to the farmer is to get the speed spread. That's the key. He's liberal with the seed. He's generous with the seed. And isn't that a beautiful picture of the gospel? That we are to be liberal with the gospel. Generous with his word. We share it with one another. Freely and completely. Without hesitation. And our Lord reminds us that we are to be general, generous with it to ourselves. We are to hear the word of God over and over again to be reminded of who we are, the salvation that is ours, the love that our Lord has for us, our security in him in our life and our salvation. What a wonderful gift that word is that brings us life now and forever. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding guide our hearts and minds to true faith, life everlasting. Amen.